0: Hello and welcome along to episode sixty-six of the All Things Leeds podcast. I'm Ed McIntyre, and joining me virtually is, as always, my co-host Charles Foster. Charles, hello. i
1: hey, mate, How you doing? All in all, I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. A bit, bit full. I had quite a mass quite a big tea, but other than that, yeah, I'm sound.
0: <laughs> yeah, and football's back this weekend. We're we're finally going to preview a game in this episode, which I'm really excited about.
1: Yeah, I watched the uh, Premier League games yesterday. They were a bit strange. Especially the yeah. Villa, Villa, Sheffield United one. That was that was odd. But uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'd be happy, I'd be interested to see how the championship deals with crowd noise. That'd be a bit strange.
0: Yeah, and we'll get on to crowd noise a bit later on in the, in this uh, show. Uh, we've got plenty coming up uh, in the show. There's plenty of news to go over. Uh, we'll also recap uh, what was said in Marcel Bielsa's press conference before looking ahead to the return of Championship football and previewing Leeds United's game, first game back, uh, which is this Sunday, which sees them take on Cardiff City away from home, and we'll finish off by looking at your guys' comments and questions. But before we get into any topics, of course, uh, I do want to say a big thank you to all key workers and NHS staff out there for all of your hard work during this pandemic. Now, please do continue to follow all the advice during this pandemic to help protect the NHS and to save lives. So let's start then uh, by getting straight into the news. And the first bit of news uh, to go over is that Leach United, Will be keeping all of their retail stores closed until further notice, but they are working hard to get the shops open in the coming weeks. Um and Charles, I guess that this is a sensible decision, really, keeping the stores closed for now. Um, you know, at least until the end of the season, because it will it's sure to keep fans, you know, away from the ground. Because if you open the Ellen Road store um anyway, and then you know, fans may wander on down there on a match day. So I guess keeping the stores closed for now, no fans will have the temptation to go down to Ellen Road.
1: Yeah, it's it's important that the, the club aren't sending mixed messages with regards to um, self-isolation and just um, generally staying away from the ground as the games progress. And especially the, the club shop next to the ground, that has to remain shut, otherwise it will just be rammed, especially on match days. So it's important that the club uh, stays consistent on message, that they don't want anybody near the ground. They're happy yeah. to, to play and to, uh, for the players to perform, but they want to everything to do with the football club to be done at a safe distance. And yeah, I think that's what they, they're probably not kind of following what the government did, which just kind of, give a bit of a mixed message where the club are going to be consistent on this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they could go ahead and open up the White Rose store the Mevian Centre store, but definitely, <laughs> you know, not the Ellen Road store because if you're, you, you know, if you're saying stay away from Ellen Road, please, but then all of a sudden you open up the Ellen Road store and say, oh yeah, come on down, come on, buy stuff. Yeah, as you say, it sends mixed messages, really. And that's probably not what you want.
1: No, um, we want to kind of keep um, everybody as far away from Ellen Road as possible because, as we know, the, uh, the the football league will love any excuse to punish Leeds in in this final run, <laughs> final run in, and that's, I don't think that's paranoia. I think that's genuinely true. So if the clubs stay hate to the rules as much as possible, I should say, then there, there's nothing that anybody can do about it.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, yeah, sensible decision there to uh, be keeping the stores closed for now. Um, and Leeds United they have also announced information on game coverage. So of course, Leeds United season ticket holders. Uh, um, who picked option two out of the three uh, options of the uh, rebate options, uh, they will receive access to LUTV for online remaining games of the 2019-20 season. Probably is worth noting that uh, my email uh, regarding my crowdy gift card and LUTV streams, um, it has come through. It was in my promotion folder on uh, Gmail. So make sure to check all of your folders if you did pick option two. But for non-season ticket holders wanting to watch the remaining nine games, here's how you can. So uh, for games that are being broadcast live on tv on sky sports and if you live in the uk or republic of ireland you will not be able to buy an lutv stream unfortunately so if the game's on sky then you need sky to be able to watch it uh, live if you're not a season ticket holder or haven't picked option two um and that's simply because sky sports they have exclusive rights to those games that they pick so therefore lutv cannot live stream those games unfortunately but you know there's always going to be streams online somewhere charles
1: yeah, not that we're recommending any illegal activity, but yeah, <laughs> they are there. Yeah. So do do with that information what you will. <laughs>
0: um, and for games uh, that fans can purchase, though, to watch live, uh, if you live in the UK and the Republic of Ireland, uh, it will cost you £10 uh, for Match Pass, uh, whereas if you live outside of UK and the Republic of Ireland, uh, it will only cost you £5. So, um, yeah, a, a bit pricey for, for UK residents there, Charles.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest I will not be paying 5 and 10 pounds to watch the final games. I- I'm ha- happy with the radio coverage or I've got Sky in my in my new house because um, my kind of housemate sister works for Sky so I'm kind of sorted on that front so we get free Sky. <laughs> yeah, so we get free Sky sports so it's not really an issue for me but yeah if if you desperately want to watch it then fine you could pay it but it is a bit steep and the radio will be fine and there's plenty of updates on twitter anyway
0: yeah exactly um and it's also worth noting that uh, none of the remaining games of the season will be shown uh, via the red button on sky sports which uh, some games are usually available on red button throughout the season um so yeah none of the remaining games available on red button so you will have to either watch it on sky or just watch on lutv when it's not on sky and pay the uh, 10 pound if you're not a scene ticket holder um or have a picked option too. Uh, Any Anywhere in the world, they can listen to live OU TV commentary though for each game if you purchase the ninety nine pound weekly pass. But I'd imagine that if you if you live in Leeds and you're going to listen to a radio commentary, you probably just stick on BBC Radio Leeds, which is free.
1: <laughs> well, did you did you say ninety nine pound there? Do you mean ninety nine pence?
0: Ninety nine p.
1: Yeah, because you said £99 weekly pass, I... <laughs> I'm going to say. Yeah, like, Jesus, no. that's expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, 99p. <laughs> so yeah, so, some some decent options there. and um, Yeah, Charles, it's great that the club has, you know, they've listed all the ways you can follow each of the games and watch each of the games live just in one article. Some good communication from the club for once.
1: Good communication, good organisation. These phrases you wouldn't normally associate with Leeds United's ownership <laughs> in the last however many years. Yeah, uh, But yeah, it appears that the club are kind of getting much better on the communication front and, to- and be more kind of in touch with what the fans need with regards to these kind of exceptional circumstances.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, and some good options options there too. You know, the option is there for you if you want to watch every single game, either watch on Sky or on ITV. So it is good that they have options there. Um, but as we say, they will always <laughs> be streamed somewhere. Online for you to watch. And Leeds United, they will also be producing matchday programmes for the five remaining home games of the season, uh, which is great. So fans in the UK will be able to purchase a five-match subscription package, or purchase the matchday programmes individually, um, and they'll also be delivered straight to you. So a package is worth twenty-five pound, uh, whereas uh, individual programmes will cost five pound fifty, um, and those prices include uh, delivery. So um, you know, probably better value going for the uh, going for the package there, Charles.
1: Uh, yeah, if you're if you're somebody who collects the programmes or likes reading the programme notes or anything like that, then yeah, you're probably better off buying the bundle for the last few games. I'm not too fussed about the programme myself personally. I tend to buy Square Ball more more often. <laughs> because just, I just find it more more entertaining. But if if you like the programmes and if, if you're a collector, then then that's a good option for you though.
0: Yeah, it's good that they've provided the options because, of course, we've seen ticket holders, uh, adult scenes ticket holders option two included programs. So a lot of people, you know, were wondering, oh, will they sell programs individually? They are doing, they also have a package uh, deal, which is probably more more reasonable. And if you collect them, as, as we say, you know, the options there, so so yeah, it, it's good that the option is still there, and you know it, it would be nice to read something, you know, getting back into the swing of football and you know the season. It, it's nice to just have you know just for little things back like programs, you know, because I, I don't usually buy programs, but to, to be able to 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 pick one up and and read it, you know, something nice really. So um um so yeah, good that the uh, club have all those uh, options there. Uh, really is so moving on uh, we're recording this podcast um, on the Thursday uh, 18th of June um, and today there's been a few videos circling online um, of crowd noise coming out of the speakers at Ellen Road uh, oh dear
1: <laughs> I think they're just uh, kind of testing <laughs> testing the songs are put in the ground the problem is that a lot of the Songs that least fans sing, other than the kind of main ones, uh, you match on together and super leads and so forth, are full of swearing or are inappropriate or are. In some way, unsuitable for live TV across the nation. Yeah, and this is kind of generally shown by the fact that, that Sky usually mute leads every time we play because we're always because um, of that chant, which I, I'm sure everyone's aware of. So uh, about Sky Sports. <laughs> so I'd be interested to see which chance they pick. Obviously, they're going to pick obviously Champions of Europe. is probably going to go on. Probably going to pick Super Leads, We Are Leads, and match them together. Probably going to pick the main ones that they can get away with putting on TV. Yeah. Which which I think would be good. I I think it'll help the players a bit because it'll feel more like a home game and less like a training session when they're they're finally back at Ellen Road. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see... The kind of order they put that in, and whether or not it's going to be as kind of well-organized crowd noise as the Bundesliga, or whether it's going to be a bit all over the place like Aston Villa, Sheffield United was, where none yeah. of the real the clapping or the cheering really kind of lined up with what was going on. Like at one yeah, point,
0: yeah, because in uh... that game, Aston Villa, they, they they took a shot. I think it was saved by Dean Henderson, but the crowd yeah. noise, uh, you know, it, it was cheers <laughs> like they had scored a goal, even though it was a save. So, um, so it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it needs was... to work right.
1: It was kind of like the cheer you'd associate with like a really good effort, one that kind of came off the post or off the crossbar, and it was the most comfortable save you'll ever see.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah it, really... it needs to work right. <laughs> Whoever's controlling the sounds needs to not be trigger happy, and uh, you know, <laughs> pre- press it when some you know when the thing actually happens, and not what the thing's going to happen. So if someone's lined up for a shot, it's on target, looks like it's going to go in, but isn't. Don't press in as soon as the shot's fired because you know it may may or may not go in. <laughs> so um, uh, so yeah, it, it, it needs to be worked right. So yeah, the fans who who were listening to it, um, they noted that you know some of the chants that they heard was "We are champion champions Europe." uh matching on together all leads out and way uh Phillips the Yorkshire Perlow chant and a house click as well. Some fans also noted that they heard the chant football league's corrupt. <laughs> whether that one actually does get played that would be oh, interesting.
1: <laughs> I would love it if they played that one. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> Referee makes a dodgy decision and someone
0: just presses yep here you go football league. <laughs> sure, sure to be some uh, some uh, regulations there from the football league like They are probably noted, if you're going to do crowd noise in your stadium, make sure that you're not disrespecting us in any way, surely. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm sure they'll have that sentiment at heart, but whether or not that's written down in the rules is a different thing. But <laughs> as we found out last season, we get punished whether or not we break the rules just because of public opinion. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you were a fan of crowd noise then? Uh, you you were kind of hinting at it. You're a fan of crowd noise?
1: I wouldn't say I'm a fan of it. I think it's better for the players. As a fan watching the TV, I found it a bit jarring. I thought it was a bit odd, but I'd rather something benefit the players than make me feel comfortable watching the game, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, so, that's true.
1: While, while I generally think it's a bit odd and a bit strange putting crowd noise on, I wouldn't. If it's, if it's going to help the players, it's going to help the, our squad feel more like they're playing a home game and uh, perform better as a result, then I'm not going to moan at that, am I? So, yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounded okay. And, you know, as you say, if it if it is going to benefit the players, then go for it. I'm happy with that. You know, I'd rather be uncomfortable watching it, but have the players be a lot more comfortable playing in the actual game. I'm 100% there. But, you know, personally, when, when I'm watching a game and I can see visually see that there is no fans in the stadium and I do not like it at all I, I just find it really really odd so um but you know it, it depends how our uh, life like these uh crowdies are because if the stadium's full of cardboard cutouts of people and then you're hearing crowd noise then who knows you, you may think oh yeah this is there's actually fans there so um yeah, it, it's going to depend. But, you know, if it, if it's all to benefit the players, then 100% on board with it. But if it's just for the sake of playing crowd noise, then, uh, yeah, probably think twice about it because I'm, I'm not really not really that big of a fan. I like how Sky Sports, they did give you the option, though. Um, so in the two Premier League games that were on on uh, Wednesday, they had the game on, on two separate channels and one of the channels had crowd noise, the other channel didn't. So I like how they gave you the option. And, uh, yeah, I, I was definitely watching the game with no crowd noise, 100%. There. <laughs> So before we move on to the usual preview of Legion United's next game, which is, of course, on Sunday away at Cardiff City. Um, today, we actually had a press conference, a Marcel Bielsa press conference brought to us by the power of Zoom, as we predicted in the last episode, Charles. And I don't know if you watched it, but, you know, I, I thought it worked quite well, to be honest. Uh, you know, you had all the, all the local journalists um, who are usually there on Sky Sports, journalists as well. Uh, they won the Zoom call, you know, asking Marcel Bielsa's he also questions and you know it worked just like a normal press conference really it worked quite well so um it was really really nice to hear from Marcel Bielsa again
1: yeah it's kind of nice to um hear what he has to say and, and read what he has to say about the situation about the prospect of a points per game promotion versus a regular promotion naturally as we all suspected he would prefer a regular promotion yeah. he was saying that the um He's really not, obviously he understands why it has to be this way, but he's really, he's not pleased that the fans aren't going to be there for the last nine games. He thinks that, obviously, he's got a very high opinion of supporters, especially of the clubs he's managed and leads. So, yeah, it, it was nice. And, it, and it obviously, at the end of the press conference, he was saying that they, are, that they are perfectly ready to go. They're ready to play the last nine games. They are prepared. And if there's one thing I can, I think we can all rely on Marcelo Bielsa for, it's preparation uh, with yeah. regards to football matches. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was nice to... Um, to kind of find out what he was thinking with regards to the situation and the last last few games.
0: Yeah, I mean we obviously won't <clears> go into everything that Marcel Bielsa you know said because quite frankly it wasn't all that important. You know he said some pretty obvious stuff really. You know about about the pandemic, uh, but you know as as you say you know he, he, he's not really a fan of having no fans there in the ground. See, I mean maybe it's you know Marcel Bielsa and the squad maybe they've requested. Crowd noise to make it seem like fans are in in the stadium. You know, maybe, maybe that's what happened. Um, you never know. If Marcel Bielsa feels really, you know, strongly about the fact that you know that he hates not having fans in the in the crowd, and maybe uh, he requested it. But yeah, as you hinted on there, you know, I guess the biggest takeaway from it was he said that he, he was pleased that the season is carrying on, and uh, it would have felt wrong. Uh, to be promoted
1: without winning it properly
0: and you know it, it's not too surprising really you know it, it's it's just the type of character Marcel also is really
1: yeah he's um he's a bit he's a big stickler for the rules and he he understands and and he's also a bit he's also a bit of a football romantic he he wants to, at Leeds to get promoted in a sporting way in a sporting sense he doesn't want Leeds uh, Long-awaited return to the Premier League to decide to be decided by a bunch of people sat around a boardroom table voting on something that seems kind of cold and dead, as opposed yeah, yeah. to sport, which is which is why we all follow the coverage. Why anybody works, in sport, why anyone follows sport is for the kind of unpredictable nature of it, the um, kind of the I don't know what the word the kind of passion, the kind of the effort, the the toil, of the player. I'm, I'm trying to find the right word. Here. I can't find the right word, but I, know I, what? I, I think yeah, the kind of. Yeah, the, the effort and the reward—that's what he likes. He, he that's why these training sessions he does are so kind of rigorous because he he thinks you put the effort in, you will be rewarded with regards yeah. to sport. He doesn't want to he he doesn't want to put players through a lot of training but all effort and then not then not not get a reward other than you know a piece of paper or a phone call saying they've been promoted. That would seem unsatisfactory to him. And I think yeah. if if the majority of Leeds fans, if they were honest with themselves, they would say. They'd much we would much rather get promoted even if we aren't there on the pitch than via a a, vote, a yeah. points per game
0: vote yeah oh yeah 100% i mean i don't think any fans would have disagreed or you know been too upset if it was down to points per game because we would have gone up anyway you know se- you know selfishly i don't think fans would have been too bothered but you know i, I guess you know deep down in some way we do feel um, you know the same as Marcelo also feels in one way or another that you know we, we do want to do it properly because we look at the table we're, we're top of the table seven points clear of the third you know you it does feel like you know we we're, we're so close to promotion and that we're not going to bottle it and we, I think the fans just want you know Leeds United to be able to prove to people that you know we're not the same Leeds United as last season and that we have improved and that we are different and that we are a different Premier League.
1: Yeah, I think that 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 kind of proving a point thing is is huge. I think especially probably more with the players than with the I would imagine yeah. from from what you can gather from interviews the players really want to want to prove that they can do it over a forty six game season they can achieve and they are good enough and that they are consistent enough. And I think that's probably very important to them.
0: Yeah. And as you and as you said just there as well, you know, if we were to go up on points per game, you know, all of the training and all the hard work throughout the season, you know, I, I guess in some way or another, you know, we have been rewarded for that. But in some ways we haven't. You know, we you know you train and prepare for the entire season and you know just have, you know, it chalked off at the end, you know, it is is kind of disheartening, even though, you know, you are going to go up, there's a a part of you which thinks like, yeah, I really want to to play this out.
1: I don't think it would be I think, it, obviously, the, the promotion is the, the kind of literal reward, but I don't think the players, the staff, or the fans would get the kind of emotional reward you get from, from getting promoted the yeah. right way.
0: And, yeah, the, the other thing as well, you know, he's saying that, you know, he, he's been working the players hard, he, you know, even through, through the three months of lockdown, which uh, is is no surprise, really. And, you know, we've seen it with all the videos and, and pictures of the players, you know, trend the 10, and They all look, you know, really fit and ready to go. You know, they 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 don't look like they've had three months off. They look like, you know, they've just come straight out of that Huddersfield game and they're ready for this next game, no? They?
1: Yeah, they look very, very fit. The fact that they all beat their kind of, um, fitness uh, times in training from before lockdown now after lockdown is very encouraging apparently the Robertson Phillips are particularly according to Stuart Dallas have trained very well and are looking really really good so I would I would like to see whether or not there's going to be a kind of like teething period of the first couple of games whether we're going to be a bit off stride or whether we're going to literally just turn up and be as good if not better than before we left I would hope it'd be the latter obviously yeah and I hope I hope we turn up a blitz Cardiff.
0: yeah because we haven't had any friendlies have we you know other clubs have played friendlies with uh, you know local teams but we haven't had any friendlies you know i think maybe they've done a few 11v11s in training you know just amongst themselves um but you know we haven't had any proper friendlies like some other clubs so you know c- could that be a disadvantage for us you know because we're, we're jumping straight into a league game after 3 months off without a friendly you know is that going to be a dis- disadvantage for us do you think
1: possibly but given like you say they might have done 11v11s in training and we do they be doing murder ball sessions a couple of times a week. Now they're back in full training, and contact training. It's kind of what what they do over the season anyway when we're playing games. So it possibly might have an impact, but you know it, it'd be hard to tell until we see them uh, in the first game. We, we we just won't know. So I know yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a bit of, that's a bit of a Michael Owen obvious point. I do realise that, but <laughs> we, we're just we're just not going to know till till the first game how how well they we can jump straight back into it.
0: Yeah. And we say, you know, you know, how fit the players look, but, you know, it must have been hard for them, you know, for three months off, you know, not going to four parts, you know, to keep fit. That must have been hard because, you know, for me in lockdown personally, you know, I felt a bit demotivated to to do any exercise, you know, with the gym's open and you're in the gym, you're there, you know, to do it. You're around people who are working out as well. So you go and do it. So being locked down in, you know, at home you know, not surrounded by any of your teammates or traveling to the training ground for three months, you know, to keep up that fitness, you know, it's it's a big credit to the players.
1: Uh, yeah, it's... Um... It's the kind of commitment that Bielsa and his team would definitely expect of the players over lockdown. Keep yourselves maintained. And obviously, they've had um, fitness plans sent to them in the post, and they've been monitored by GPS and things like that. And to see what they were, how they've been, I don't know whether it's GPS, whatever they track them with on the, the fitness trackers or whatever, the kind of Fitbits or whatever, they to test their fitness. They kind of kept on a kind of moderately tight leash, uh, leash with regards to their fitness, but, um, according to a few of the interviews. But yeah, mentally, they, they will have been committed because unlike the likes like QPR and down. And people like that, we have actually got a prize to aim for here. We have got promotion to aim for. We're not we're not mid table dross anymore. We haven't <laughs> been for a couple for, for a couple of years. So the players will be aware that they need to be mentally concentrated to lock down, keep fit, be ready.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, th- there would have been a lot more motivated as well. You know, when the dates came out. You know, when the dates of the restart were announced, because. You know, I guess you know going to going back to training the yearly weeks and not having a date for return must be really hard because in the back of the minds they're thinking we, we could be training here for for nothing. So to get that date out as well, you know, a few weeks later, it would have been a lot more motivating for them, really, you know, to to have a date set for. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna work hard for for this date. Uh, if you know what I mean. Of course, though, uh, we've got some uh, unimportant team news. Uh, so here is the team news. So Pablo Hernandez uh, will miss Sunday's trip to Cardiff City, unfortunately, uh, due to uh, a minor issue, but he is set to return to training next week uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> not good news there about Pablo Hernandez. He, he's he's sure to be a big miss.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's all, we always play worse when Pablo's out of the side. I mean, I don't think anyone can disagree with that. We have a lot more fluidity, we have a lot more interlinking play and our set pieces are probably going to be better with him in the team. So yeah, he will be a big loss. But I imagine the likes of Tyler Roberts and Jamie Shackleton will see this as a, a massive opportunity to have an impact in the last, in the um, in the Cardiff game and nightmare scenario should he not be fit for the Fulham game also in that game as well. Tyler Roberts particularly was performing very well before lockdown. So if Bielsa wants to put him in Instead, I think people will kind of warm to that idea. And given how well people have been saying he's been training, I'm, I am looking forward to seeing him get a, a run out.
0: Yeah, so do you think Tyler Roberts then is the choice to replace Pablo Hernandez in central midfield then?
1: Yeah, he's the likely choice, to kind of attack in midfield role because he's yeah. played that role before. I know Roberts personally prefers the nine up front, but I think with how deep Bamford drops and how many how kind of many many ranging runs uh, Roberts does when he is playing in, in attacking midfield, I think it's they're going to be basically interchanging anyway throughout the game. So I don't yeah. think I don't think that will affect that too much. Obviously, the other option is putting Jamie Shaq in, which is I'd be happy with that. I mean, I always always like seeing Jamie Shaq play. Play, and then possibly pushing Matthias a clip a, a little bit further forward, which we've we've done in the past. Uh, I don't know which which one of those options you would prefer.
0: I'd probably go Tyler Roberts to be honest. Um, you know he, he played well against Hull, did well when he when he came on against um, Huddersfield as well. So I I'd, I'd probably go with Tyler Roberts to be honest. Uh, but Jamie Shackleton, you know, he, he's a fine option. But you know, bad news about Pablo Hernandez. Uh, you know, he's sure to be a big miss. You know, he, he's such an influential player, even at thirty five years old. Um, he's an influential player. I mean. There's probably an argument there that we shouldn't really be relying on a 35-year-old anymore. But, you know, Pablo Hernandez, he's still a good player, regardless. And, you know, he, he definitely will be a big miss. And, you know, you'd hope that he gets back to 100% soon. Because if he's going to return to train next week and he's not 100% for, for quite a few weeks, you know, the season's packed into a month. And we know how Bielsa works. So, you know, who knows when we're going to see him, you know, if, if we will see him again this season.
1: Yeah, I think I think we probably will. If it's only a slight niggle, then you'd like to think that we get over it fairly quickly.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, and John Kevin Augustine is also unavailable, as expected. The striker is um, doing individual work, though, uh, which Bielsa says is necessary. So, um, you know, it's good that he's doing work to get over his his, uh, his uh, little niggle. Um, but yeah, we, we expected Augustine to be uh, unavailable after the news came out uh, that he suffered a recurrence of his hamstring strain. And I guess that, you know, what we said in the last episode, you know, still stands really, you know, because, you know, remember the season is packed into one month. Augustine isn't 100% yet. And, you know, the same with Pablo Hernandez, really, you know, if he's not 100%, and we know how Bielsa works. You know, he, he likes his players getting up to speed before you know he puts them in, especially with Augustin as well, who's a new signing. He's who, barely played any Bielsa football. You know, he may not be in the squad until at least the middle of July, really.
1: Yeah, it's a dark, dark possibility. I, I would like to think that they... Um, I think Augustin will probably, if he's done the same thing again with his hamstring, probably his hamstring injuries are a while, so he's probably not going to be involved for the rest of the season. I don't know what Pablo's done. It's... All it's been described to as a little niggle so that could be anything on his body so we don't really yeah. know where that is. Pablo also has had issues with his hamstrings in the past though so it could be that as well we don't know but I, I would like to think that Pablo will be back for the Fulham game and it is only just kind of a tiny thing that will give him that one game
0: yeah you'd hope you'd hope um, you know Augustin as we said in the last episode you know it, it's not looking likely he'll feature heavily before the season ends really you know with, with a hamstring strain you know because a hamstring strain you know it's a tough one to get over still and you know as we say how Bielsa works you know he, he likes his players getting up to speed and you know Augustin being a new signing you know He'll have a lot to get up to speed with. So, um, yeah, it'll be be interesting to see if we see Augustin again this season playing the Leeds United shirt. But, you know, obviously best of luck to them both. And, you know, hopefully Pablo Hernandez isn't out for too long and hopefully we see Augustin playing the Leeds shirt again this season. That'll be uh, uh, be pretty good to see. Um, And I guess as well, you know, kind of ties into them both because, you know, with Pablo Hernandez being out, would you put Tyler Roberts in midfield if Tyler Roberts is going to be our only other option as a striker? Would you not keep Tyler Roberts on the bench in case Bamford gets injured?
1: I mean, that is a consideration because we do have a fairly small squad. You shouldn't really plan for situations that haven't happened yet, in my, at least in my opinion. I think we can't not put Roberts in on the off chance that Bamford may get injured because I think we just we'll just lose something out, out wide or in the middle, depending on what, how much him and Helder Costa into that. So I think we should, we should just put him in because I think should Bamford get injured, we'll we'll solve that problem when that when that happens. We can always pick James Jack in, like we said earlier, and then just move Roberts up front. Yeah. We, could, we could do that. So I don't think we should plan for situations that haven't actually happened
0: yet. Yeah, yeah, I agree really. And uh, Adam Foreshaw as well, um, he is also still not available uh, to play, but the uh, midfielder has completed his recovery process. So um, yeah, good to hear that Adam Forshaw has completed his recovery. But, you know, the fact that he's still not available though, you know, will he ever be available again?
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, we don't know because... Bielsa doesn't tend to give a lot of information on, on injuries. Um, especially on
0: Foreshaw as well.
1: Yeah, especially on, on foreshore. A complete his recovery process could literally mean his hip is back to normal and he can ha- he can now start to kind of get into proper training again, which means it will be another few weeks getting back up to speed. So I can understand why Bielsa said he won't play for the rest of the season because the season will be over by the time he's ready to play. Yeah, But I'd like to think he'd be back by the start of next season because yeah. I know there's not going to be much... If he's still here.
0: You know, It'll be interesting to see if Foreshaw plays in Leitcha ever again, to be honest.
1: Oh, and, and I don't know. They still got a contract, and he can they yeah. can still do a job. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Uh. But yeah, the three big ones there: Pablo Hernandez, John, Kevin, Augustine, and Adam Forshaw uh, will not be playing on Sunday. Um, and we'll need to wait to see uh, when those guys are back. Uh, but the best of luck to him Um, in their uh, recovery. Uh. Well, let's now look ahead to Sunday's game. Then Leeds United's first game back away at Cardiff City. Uh, Charles, how how are you feeling heading into Sunday?
1: I'm moderately confident. 'Cause I think we're a better team than Cardiff. But Cardiff's style of football really does not suit ours. I hate playing teams like this because 'cause they're the long ball, the long the kind of long throw-ins, the constant set pieces, the oh just the general kind of for lack of a better word, shit of 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 Cardiff City and of Neil Harris in general. He's uh, kind of irritating personality. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to playing them as a team because I don't think they're a good football inside. I think they're a I can totally understand why they replaced Neil Warlock with Neil Harris pretty much like for like football styles yeah but as you know concerning my confidence in the game I'd like to think we'll go out there and win although the Pablo loss is a little bit of a blow but I still think we've got enough to get the job done
0: yeah but you know on, on football being back you know, are you glad that football's back are you, are you excited for the return of Championship Football and Leeds United
1: well you know I think I think everyone's a bit nostalgic about it. I think when you, when people talked a few weeks ago about having football back, everyone's like, oh yeah, that'd be brilliant, that'd be brilliant. And now it's actually yeah. here, we're thinking, actually, I remember this. I was dreading every game every week every, and every single minute of every game because I think at any point we could screw this up. So yeah. you, kind of, <laughs> you kind of get that that dread in your heart, but that's just kind of been a Leeds fan, especially yeah. over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, a few weeks ago, you were thinking, oh, I really want football back. I really want Leeds United playing football again. But now that it's actually here, you know, you're getting the butterflies, you're getting a little bit nervous and, and you're thinking, you know what? What if we actually, you know, bottle it? <laughs> what, if we, what if we bottle it? You know, hopefully we don't. But, you know, there, there is that nervous is it, feeling there.
1: <laughs> nine games is a long time. There is plenty of opportunity to bottle it from here. Yeah, That's the thing. I mean,
0: exactly. But of course, you know, after watching... You know, other games behind closed doors, you know, the return of the Bundesliga and Premier League um, this week. What what are you expecting heading into uh, the Championship restart on Sunday's game? You know, what what kind of uh, game do you think we'll see on Sunday?
1: Well, I think our—I I don't think the players will ever admit to this. I don't think the staff will ever admit to this. I think the result of the Fulham Brentford game will very much determine the motivation level of the players on Sunday. I think we could be very, very up for it if—if uh, it is a, a draw in that game. I think the, the players will try and approach it like any other game. I expect that from both teams. I don't think that so. anyone's going to try and make a big occasion of it, even though it will be a big occasion. Obviously, the, the, the when the players are coming out, I don't know if you've read the EFL rule changes that were posted uh, slightly earlier.
0: I, I know uh, I haven't read them all. No.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, well, they, I'm just
0: going to go with the flow.
1: Yeah, well, they've uh, we're we're having the same substitution rules as the Premier League, so it's five of substitutions uh, in yeah. three separate points over the game. So you can't have like you can't have five different times summing people off. You can have three lots of substitutions. So you'd have to do like double substitutions if you wanted to get all five. Yeah. So uh, that will affect it. Uh, but I don't think that will benefit us as much because we don't have a huge squad. I think that will benefit yeah. people like Fulham, people like West Brom, people like Stoke, who've just got massive, unwieldy squads. So it'd be interesting to see how how the players deal with that. I'd I'd like to think that we can just go out there with the same eleven men, and do what we normally do, just <laughs> make no changes until the, until the eighteenth, ninth minute, and still blast every team off the park.
0: Yeah, but you know, it, it's going to be interesting to, to see. You know what what kind of game we'll see and, you know, what kind of Leeds United we'll see, whether we'll play how we were playing before lockdown, you know, it will be interesting to see um, what, what happens there because, um, you know, three months off without playing any football, no friendlies before it, you know, there could be a little tiredness in the legs, so um, it will be interesting. If, you know, if I'm going to be honest, I don't, I'm not really expecting a fantastic game, but, you know, once we get into the swing of it, you know, doing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday and then, you know, later on in the season, then I think, you know, Legion United will be back to playing their uh, best football yet. But yeah, it, it's, it's certainly going Going to be uh, interesting, and uh, you know, as you say, there you know with, with the real changes. So there's water breaks at, uh, in between uh, each half, isn't there? Um, on the halfway point of uh, each uh, half. Um, and yeah, as you say, five substitutions, but only three stoppages. Um, so yeah, that that's going to play into some tactics, really. You know, because you know if you're going to get injuries, and you know at certain points throughout a game, you know if you make one sub, then another one sub. Then, if you want to, if you want to use all your five subs, then you'll have to make three subs at the next stoppage. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how how all that plays out. But you know, I'm I'm quite excited for that. You know, like, you know to, to to see how see how that plays out and how teams use that. Charles, what do you think the players will be thinking heading into uh, heading into the restart? How do you think they'll be feeling um, heading into Sunday's game? Because you know. As I say, you know, it can't be easy for them after three months off with no football.
1: Yeah, I think there'll be a bit of anticipation for the players, but I'd, I'd like to think they're excited. I mean, Jack yeah. uh, Jack Harrison got interviewed today, and he said that they're all kind of physically and mentally ready for the, for the restart. And I think they'll—I'd like to think—they're they're all kind of excited to get the job done. They're confident, and they are really feeling like they can do something special.ly I know uh, Liam Cooper got interviewed by. Um, by Bryn Law and um, I think it was Bryn Law and Lucas Raderbean. I don't know if you watched them, uh, the captain, the chief chats on the on the Leeds YouTube channel, they're kind of looking forward to um becoming part of Leeds United's history, being you know, being being the, the team that got us back up, they really want that. So that, that's a goal. That's the, they, they want to be kind of as revered as the players of the past. And I think if they can get us up and play just spectacular football, I think they are. I, I think it's fair enough that they will definitely enter Leeds', uh, Leeds history.
0: Yeah, yeah, there, there definitely that, is that, that big motivation team. there for, for you know so the players to get Leeds United back up and be etched into Leeds United's fabulous history. You know, there there is that big motivation there, but, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I am expecting you know some players to be falling on on the floor and you know having to you know stretch their legs out midway, you know midway through the game, getting a bit of cramp. I'm expecting that because we've already seen that in in a few of the games that been restarted. Do you think it'll be as you know as different playing in front of no fans away from home, you know, for Leeds because you know because you know with the regular season you always have a smaller crowd compared to the home crowd and you know as it's been proven there is no home advantage with with no fans. So do you think it's going to be as different for the players playing away from home?
1: I think it, playing away from home, it might be give us a bit of a... I mean, because Leeds have, have, do have the best away fans, I think, in in the country, especially definitely in the league. And players always say we make away games feel like home games. So the, uh, our away fans will be a loss. But also the lack of pressure from Cardiff's home fans on the on the referee, that'll be a factor. In the same way, that will be a factor on the road that we, we will get the pressure on the referee like we normally do. So I can see a few refereeing decisions maybe being slightly different from usual. But I think away, yeah, away games. I don't think Cardiff will have the home advantage, and we've always, we've historically struggled quite a lot against Cardiff, especially down at their place. So. Yeah, we, we we'll, we'll just have to hope it plays into our hands.
0: Yeah, and of course it depends as well. You know how Leeds United are getting down there. You know if if they're going to travel the day before and get a hotel, or they're going to travel on the morning. Because if they're travelling on the morning, then I have high high hopes for it. But if they're travelling on the night and they're going to get a good night's sleep in a hotel in Cardiff, then I've got then I'm a lot more confident. Um, But of course, you know if you, if you need to mind Leeds United are top of the championship table on seventy one points, seven points clear. Of Fulham, who are in third, um, and we do go into the game on the back of five straight wins uh, and clean sheets, um, six games undefeated. Um, so yeah, hopefully we continue this uh, fantastic form, Charles.
1: Yeah, well, form kind of goes out of the window a little bit because that was a long time ago. That was three yeah. months ago. So yeah, you know, you know what's yeah.
0: been, you know what's really got on my nerves for some reason. You know, when I'm listening to uh, some commentary and they've said, "Oh yeah, this team haven't won a game since March." It kind of sounds like they haven't won a game in 20. <laughs> when, you know, when it's actually, you know, they, they, they haven't won a game in the last five. But, you know, when, when they say, oh, yeah, they haven't won a game since March, it sounds like, oh, they haven't won for, for, for ages when really it's, so it's, it's not been that that long of a gap in playing football in terms. Of, um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's really annoying me for some reason. Um, yeah,
1: that, that's just a trick of commentary. And that's just a kind <laughs> of a bit of banter on commentary.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but no, it will be interesting to see if we can keep that that great form. Ho- hopefully we can do, but you know, I just say, yeah, with, with with a three-month gap, form does probably go out the window, really. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's certainly going to be a difficult, difficult game. Cardiff, of course, managed by Neil Harris, who we never do well against. And, you know, Cardiff to doing well this season, you know, the ninth in the league table um, on 54 points, uh, three places, and just two points uh, from the playoff places. Um, so they'll be well up for this game. That's that's going to be a big uh, motivation for them because they've still got a chance, Charles, to get into that, get into the top six and get a top six finish. So, you know, it's a big game for them, and and it's certainly going to be hard.
1: Yeah, and it's always hard against Cardiff, and obviously a playoff chance is something that we uh, have fought uh, for last year and. Under, under Gary Monk in that season so we know what it's all about we know the kind of motivation that, that, that requires to get to try and get into the uh, the playoffs so yeah they're not to be underestimated no team's to be underestimated but the, the first couple of games we have are going to be I think we're going to be the hardest
0: yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and Cardiff, uh, for their form, they are unbeaten in the last two league games. A two-two draw at home uh, to Brentford was followed up by a 2 0 win away at Barnsley. Uh, so some decent form there, and um, they have lost three, drawn two, and only won two in uh last seven league games. Um, so yeah, pretty inconsistent form, but also unbeaten in the last two games. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Cardiff turn up, really. Um, but you know, as, as I say, you know, Leeds they never do well against Cardiff. You know, they've lost three and drawn one of the last four meetings. Um and of course that draw of course came earlier on in the season, back in December, uh December fourteenth, twenty nineteen. That ridiculous free free draw at Ellen Road, uh, where we bottled a three nil lead. Hopefully that doesn't happen again.
1: Yeah, that was that was awful. That was very very depressing because the first kind of 60-65 minutes of that game it was kind of the best football I'd seen outside of a World Cup final and the last 25-30 minutes were uh, Sunday league standard for most to be frank (laughs) we just fell apart entirely I really don't know what happened so I really hope we can we can put that kind of demon to bed and just kind of ign- ignore. Revenge. Yeah, you get a bit of revenge and just kind of because put... <laughs> because I'm sick of Cardiff fans wittering on on at least fans on Twitter as well. That's that is annoying because they're not a good team. They're just not. <laughs> they just they just kind of play extremely long ball football all the time. <laughs>
0: Uh, but you know we we do have some dreadful form against Cardiff. We we just can't seem to beat them. So you know since the twelfth of September nineteen eighty four, Leeds United have played Cardiff for a total of twenty four times and only won three, which is ridiculous. So yeah, we never do well against against Cardiff. Or Neil, we beat, House, him on, so, um,
1: we, beat we beat him under Monk now at their place. I remember that uh, Pablo Hernandez and Chris Woods scored. Yeah. Hernandez scored that one off the post, and Woods was a penalty, I think. So yeah. we did, we did, we did beat them two and old out of their place. But that
0: was one of three wins in twenty four meetings since
1: nineteen eighty four. So yeah, <laughs> overall it's, it's it's awful for them. I'm just saying we have, we have beaten them in my memory. So yeah, yeah. So not, it's possible. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But but you know we we never do well against Cardiff or Neil Harris. So hopefully we can uh, yeah put those demons to bed. Um, Cardiff do they do have some decent players? You know Lee Tomlin, um, who is fit. He was going to be unfit for that. Uh, uh, the uh, previous day of the game was meant to be played um, and Lee Tomlin is right. the best player so um, yeah that was an advantage for us heading into that game in March uh, but now Lee Tomlin is fit so um, yeah he's back so um, yeah that's going to be fun uh, we've also got Josh Murphy Albert Adoma Junior Hoyler and Aidan Flint as well so some decent players they're a tall team as well you know we never really do well against these kind of teams so hopefully we can uh Yeah, put those demons to bed. Well, looking on to uh, whoscored.com, Cardiff's characteristics, so their strengths are as follows. They are very strong at shooting from direct free kicks, very strong at attacking set pieces, very strong coming back from losing positions, very strong creating scoring chances, very strong at aerial drools, uh, strong at finishing scoring chances and strong at protecting the leads. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a physical game. You know, we certainly know that the good from coming back from losing positions, as as, as they did to us early on in the season. <laughs> Um, yeah, attacking set noise, pieces. Yeah, they're a tall team, so um, yeah, we're we're, we're going to have to be, you know, re- really at it, really, if we want to beat Cardiff. Just have to, to
1: be smart about it. We're just going to have to not give away that many corners, not that many free kicks. Keep keep the game fluid, keep the ball on the floor, and we will beat them. If if it's a game of football, we're going to beat them. If it's a game of head tennis, we are going to get a, we're going to we're going to get beat. <laughs> yeah. We are just going to get beat.
0: Uh, Cardiff's weaknesses so they are weak at defending counter-attacks which uh, we know as well because uh, well, uh, well, yeah, well, a few after, of yeah. the goals were scored against them earlier on in the season was from counter-attacks
1: um, I remember that was it the
0: first goal where Pablo Hernandez had that beautiful pass uh, well crossed the ball the to Helder Costa, yeah
1: <laughs> when, he, when he when he when he curved the ball about three quarters long into the pitch yeah. which left Costa in on goal one-on-one
0: <laughs> yeah uh, Una- so- unable to miss <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, we know that Cardiff are weak at defending against counter attacks, very weak at keeping possession of the ball. Um, and they are very weak at defending against skillful players, so uh, yeah we have skillful players, so, um, so hopefully uh, they can have a good game Cardiff style of play, they take a lot of shots uh, control the game in the opposition's half it's not going to happen here, they attack through the middle uh, play long balls, which we know um, attempt crosses often and they uh, take long shots, so um, yeah, that's what whoscored.com say, take that what you will, but yeah, definitely going to be hard and we don't have Pablo Hernandez so, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, lineup. Charles, for, for, for you, who do who do you see playing? Do you see? Do you think it's going to be the same team? Um, obviously, minus Pablo Hernandez, or do you think there's going to be quite a few changes?
1: Same team, I expect. I think it'll just be obviously whoever comes in for Hernandez, likely Tyler Roberts, and that'll be it. I think that'll be the only change. I can't see Bielsa's is very consistent with his lineups. So I can't see there being anything different.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. I think I think Tyler Roberts will probably come in for Pablo Hernandez in that attacking midfield role. Um, score prediction then. What what what, what do you see happening here? You said 2-1 uh, when we previewed this in a previous podcast.
1: I was actually just going to say that again. I think it'll be 2-1. Two, 2-1. One.
0: Two, one. Yeah, I, I reckon we'll concede as well, but I'm going to go 3-1 here. Um, I, I reckon we, we could score a few goals. So, um, yeah, 3-1. Hopefully, we, we do get the job done and uh, get the three points and uh Yeah, get off to a really good start in, the, in this uh, restart. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, League United can get the three points on Sunday. <laughs> So let's finish off then uh, by answering your guys' comments and questions. And uh, just the one comment came in on uh, YouTube, the one question, and that was from uh, Luke Emery, um, who says, do you guys think that Leeds United should put on a promotion celebration if or when we go up on the pitch itself with all the Leeds legends and fans and a parade from the ground to the centre of town? Now, yes. I think that that would be a fantastic idea probably not with all the fans really because you know there's thousands of fans but probably with you know, you know the current lead squad and an overlease the legends then yeah, certainly that's a possibility and you know it does sound good I definitely think you know if we win the league there'll definitely be a parade around town uh, you know trophy parade but you know if that is going to happen it's not going to happen for a long time really um Charles what are your thoughts
1: I think the club We'll probably try and delay celebrations to I don't know, some kind of midpoint uh next season when the can when um there's a kind of corona vaccine or whatever the it's fully kind of dying down a bit. Basically, when football's completely back to normal, it'll be a few weeks after football gets completely back to normal, the club might decide to announce that they're going to be celebrating the promotion and then do the parade and invite everybody down. I think that'd be the, the most intelligent thing to do. I think if, if you do it too early, then we're just going to incur criticism and it's going to cost, you know, cause a rise in infections across <laughs> Leeds. And, we're, and Leeds are just going to get criticised for it. If you get with no fans there, that's going to look a bit... It's just going to look a bit weird and a bit kind of tragic yeah. and stuff. And you don't, you don't really want it looking like that. You want if you're going to celebrate something, you got to celebrate it properly with everybody there. So yeah. I think if the club if the club do the intelligent thing, they'll just they'll delay it till I don't know November, December, or you know January, February next year. I don't think anybody minds waiting for the celebration as long as the celebration still occurs. Yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, if we win promotion, you know, going up second. Um, you know, which I'll certainly take. And then, yeah, celebrations will be delayed. I mean, of course, players, you know, they'll, they'll be happy at the time. They'll celebrate at the time. And, you know, us fans, we can celebrate in our gardens with other friends and family. But, you know, big celebrations, you know, from the club. And then, of course, yeah, that will happen for a long time until this whole pandemic is, you know, well and truly over. Uh, but you know if we win the league though, you know, we've seen it in 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 other leagues, you know, where teams have won a trophy with, with the trophy celebration. Don't know if you've seen this, Charles, but they put a big mat, mat on the ground and there's circles for the players to stand on, which is all social distancing. So they lift the trophy while you know doing social distancing rules. So um so that that that'd be very interesting to, to watch to see um all the least players celebrate lifting a trophy while being two meters apart from one another.
1: <laughs> that sounds terrible. That sounds genuinely awful
0: yeah no well it's it's happened it's happened and um yeah it'll be interesting if that happens
1: <laughs> i'd rather i'd rather just wait i would honestly rather just wait yeah i don't know how everyone else feels about it but i i would honestly rather just wait yeah but you know it
0: definitely if, if we if we go up you know if if we win promotion then yeah there will be some big celebrations um but but you know not for a very long time, but you know, I do like those celebrations to have everyone on the pitch and then to have a big you know parade around town you know to, yeah i I like the sound of that and I'm looking forward to that already
1: uh <laughs> um, I think... can I think- I can guarantee you, if they can get away with it, the club will try and not have everyone on the pitch because that takes a lot of repairing, doesn't it? If everyone starts stamping on the pitch, the grounds will obviously work it out for him. So I think they will just try and get away with just doing the parade, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, those celebrations do sound good. And yeah, definitely, if we win promotion, there'll be some big celebrations at the time. Uh, but also, you know, once the pandemic's over, then there'll be some massive celebrations uh, from the club. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for your uh, comment, uh, Luke. Uh, very much appreciate it. Uh, remember, if you have any comments or questions, just leave them for us, uh, you know, leave them on social media and what have you. And yeah, Charles and I, we will uh, do our best to uh, respond to them in a later podcast. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of uh, episode 66 of the All Things Least podcast. Thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me virtually.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on virtually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do appreciate you uh, joining me as always, mate. And uh, thank you as well to uh, everyone who has uh, watched or listened. We uh, really do um, appreciate it. Uh, If you enjoy the podcast, then why not subscribe or follow, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you are listening on there. Share the podcast around as well. Um, It really does help us out. We very much appreciate it. Uh, Make sure to follow All Things Leads on social media. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, it's scrolling on the bottom of the screen right now. Um, Or if you're listening on on, on podcasts, uh, you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search Poor Things Leads 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search Poor Things Leads on Facebook and search Paul things leads on YouTube to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. Uh, yeah, Charles and I, we will be back next week uh, to look back on what huff is a win away at Cardiff and to look ahead to the next few games. So yeah, until next time, take care, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll speak to you soon.